can ride with you. Yep. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, uh, guys, um, I've been meaning to ask you. Uh, I've been doing a podcast. Um, it's called West Wings. We eat wings and we watch the West Wing. <laughs> uh, it's going to be super easy. You guys want to uh, guys be guest? You go ahead. I'll catch up. That's weird, but okay. Do you forget something? Grant, hear the words that I say to you. Your podcast will fail. Fail, fail, fail. What? Fail. <laughs> hey, uh, fuck you, man. No. Fuck you. Fuck you for thinking that this world needs another podcast and that people you know should listen to it. It's a bad idea and a waste of time. It's not a bad idea. It's, it's a good creative outlet. A creative outlet. Is that what you call an hour and a half of unedited bad audio from your living room? Yeah, why not? Do you think you're clever for thinking to review a television show? It probably felt nice when you realized there was a built-in structure. An episode of the show was an episode of your podcast. This has been done a million times, Grant. It's a bad idea, and your podcast will fail. Well, who cares? It, it's just for fun. It's not fun for me. It's not fun for anyone, Grant. Well, what would you say is the value of it? Hmm? I think it would be fun to hang out with my friends and watch my favorite show and eat wings. There's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. So why don't you just do that? Why does it have to be a podcast? Because at the end I'll have created something. Created what, though? A half-baked take on the subtleties of Joshua Molina's performance while you suck the wing fat from your teeth? No one wants to listen to that. I think someone might. Oh, the hubris. <laughs> You think your personality is so sparkling that people want to listen to thousands of hours of you meandering off topic, of your guests describing your apartment before the show even starts, of your roommate coming home and being like, sorry, of you calling in a friend from New York who's super funny, even though you don't have the technology to make that work. Admit it. Admit what? Admit that deep down, you know this is a complete waste of time. I already bought the gear. Return it and then spend the money on literally anything else. No, no, it's fun! It's fun! It's fun. I don't know why you're saying this. You're supposed to be my friend. I am your friend. I'm the only friend you have left. And this is what friends do. They call each other out on their shit, and this is the worst kind of shit there is. Your podcast will fail. But I love the West Wing. Zach, what's the holdup? We gotta record a new episode of West Wings and Wings. Our podcast comparing the two shows, Wings and the West Wing? What the fuck? Wait, this is actually gonna be good, though. Once again, we're recording to you from Seattle, Washington, South Lake Union, Studio 212, episode 87. This is season two of Grill. How long did that take, Mr. 21 minutes. 21 minutes. What happened? You lost a minute. Well, it, yeah, because it was it's like a minute. one minute. <laughs> I'm your host, Bobby Stools. The kid. 
across from me. Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami in studio. We do have producer Keith, a.k.a. Queef Boogie, a.k.a. Risotto Kid, a.k.a. The Pasta Peddler, <laughs> a.k.a. The Producer, always dropping a deucer. Say what's up, Keith. Yo. <laughs> that is how he answers his phone, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Y'all. Like, yo, what up, dog? Blowing my phone up. Anyway, uh, yeah, here we are. We're on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the show out kind of on time last week. I was going to try to get it out a day early so people could listen to it while they were whipping, Prepa- preparing, whipping up those mashed potatoes. Whew, my turkey came out noise. <laughs> noise. Noise. Did it? Yeah. Brine for 17 hours, 3% salt brine. 3%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta get that math going. <laughs> gotta get that math. You do it by weight, I thought. Uh, well, yeah, technically you do it by weight, but I mean, I do it by volume, I guess, because I did uh, 77.5 liters, so 7,500 grams. Anyway, you turkey know. day's over. We're on the Christmas. I'm ready for Christmas already. Oh, ready for Christmas? Christmas? Crip? Christmas? <laughs> you remember Fatboy SSE? That's how he got like first started with uh, was it Merry Christmas? And he uh, would bust into a room dressed in blue and Crip walk all over everyone <laughs> as a Crip Santa. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I know who the dude is, but I don't watch that. Oh, pretty funny. Anyway, how's work? Business says it slowed down for you. Uh, this weekend was slow just because of the Apple Cup. But other than that, it's been busy. I was there. I invited Keith to go. Oh. Watch. Sh- shout out to the homie Con- Conrad, a.k.a. the Condor. You dub? Boo-boo. Yeah, we were, at, we were at the game, and we were filing to get out, and uh, he was packed in the back of all the people trying to get out for halftime. And I was like, fly, Condor, fly. This drug dude turned out. I was like, you're the Condor? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Dumb. I was soaked after that game. Yeah, it was a, it was a wet day. I can't believe it. Uh, fuck, what happened to your kooks, Keith? Dang. Doesn't matter what happened to your. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no one who listens to this show actually cares about UW or WSU. Most people don't care about UW except for Washington. It's all about them Buckeyes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Smashed on the Wolverines. <laughs> Come on, man. Big Ten Championship next week, Wisconsin. Enough about sports. On to the food. Nobody uh, gives a fuck about the middle of the country. <laughs> it's not true. Shout out, shout out Midwest. You know shout out Walmart. Yo, Cameron used to travel there and sling heroin. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. I used to get it in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. Enough about my work, enough about your work. Let's get on, Johnny. What stories it. you got? Well, um, I have a couple fun stories to start the day off with. A lot of our stories are all fun today. Yeah, I, I would say most of our positivity. Positivity. We turn over a new leaf in the... New year, and but it ain't the new year. <laughs> um, but I, I actually found a couple uh, articles this week that were really funny to me. Um, both came from Delish. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever checked out Delish, but Sounds they're Delish. They're um, like kind of like a food blog website, and they have different articles that span across the country. But anyway, um, on the twenty second of November, um, there was a family that decided. That uh, since they loved Olive Garden so much, and their last name was Garten, that they would uh, name their child after the OG. How do you feel about that, Ron? What's the child's name? Uh, Olivia Garten. <laughs> That's. Uh, I mean, how do I feel about that? <laughs> I mean, speak it into existence. I mean, if you want your baby to be named after one of the most amazing Italian restaurants, most authentic uh-huh. Italian restaurants in the world, in the history of the world, you know, that speaks to everyone. Yes. Not just, you know, the highfalutin or the poor, you know, it's right there. It's that fast casual. It speaks to everyone, you know, unlimited breadsticks, 
um, soup and salad deals. Uh, as my dad would say, the soup. Yeah, <laughs> okay, he would say. He's like, he would talk to my girl. He's like, the salad and the breadsticks. They're endless, Sarah. They're endless. <laughs> Sarah, do you understand? They're endless. Okay. I took her to the, for the first time a um, couple months back, and she's like, "Why don't we go there more? We live right by oh it." Oh my god, my ex. She, she said, "I asked her one day, like, what you know, what's your favorite Italian place?" And she's like. Olive Garden. And I was like, <laughs> leave my presence now. Yeah, hi. Be gone, woman. Be gone. Out of my face. Oh man. Um, I cannot fox with the with the Olive Garden. The Olive Oh, I love it. I can't. Well, the service is bad. Well, yeah. The food is bad. Terrible. The decor is bad. Oh my goodness. It's meant for like 65, 70 year old white women to go and eat lunch. Do you have with. any more like information about these parents? No, they were just, you know, parents who frequent, uh, actually his name is Justin Garten, um, at Justin Garten on Twitter. Um, shout out at Justin Garten. Shout out. Um, and there's, there's not much information on it, just the fact that they frequented uh, Olive Garden so much. And they're like, you know, we want to name our daughter after the Olive Garden. And so they tagged Olive Garden in their tweet. And Olive Did Garden, they win free breadsticks for life? Basically, Olive Garden's like, we're going to send you guys an early baby gift. For, uh, an early baby gift? Yeah, they're like, thank you so much. We want to uh, celebrate Olivia Garten. And so they <laughs> actually, on their Twitter post, they posted a picture of a shirt that says Olivia Garten, but it's made in the way that the Olive Garden Garden is. Yeah, is <laughs> So I found that to be pretty funny. And then the other article that I found this week, which was um, super interesting slash funny, was uh, Voodoo Donuts. If you guys don't know what Voodoo Donuts is or what who they are, they are... Um, a popular donut shop in Portland, Oregon. Um, they are known for making Keith shits on Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, they're okay. They're not like the best. Donuts they're trash. Yeah. Blue stars. The that's shit. not fucking true. First of all, they're not fucking trash. Second of all, that's not a fucking fact. They're not fucking they're trash. They're the guy donuts. <laughs> they're not. You're fucking wrong, man. Pink boxes all day for life. Um, Blue star. Bitch. Stop. Hold on. I went to this fucking d garbage ass Blue Star. I walk in this garbage mother ass Blue Star. This stop. I walk in this fucking dodo. Dodo doo doo donut place. There's a fucking line out the fucking door. The motherfuckers behind the counter are wearing fucking like white gloves. You know what I'm saying? Walk up there. They're trying to charge like for a dozen donuts $35. Sounds like general purpose. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just garbage. I don't want your fucking oh, those green matcha, green matcha fucking whipped fucking goat cheese ass donuts, dude. Give me, give me a regular fucking donut with icing and uh. Fruity pe Pebbles. I just want a chocolate maple bar. That's Fuck that, dude. There's, anyway. le there's levels to this shit. And Voodoo's yeah, Donuts. stars ahead of everybody. Uh, <laughs> I have no comment on this because I like the donut shop right by my house, which is run by Asian people called King Donuts. Yeah. And they're a teriyaki and a laundry yeah. no, shop. That's it's what's fresh. Up. Anyway, so Voodoo Donuts in Portland decided that they were going to tweet on the 19th of November um, something that was pretty unsavory to uh, the Twitter world. Um, what had transpired was they posted a picture of a donut that they had just made um, with the hashtag Charles Manson. They literally made a donut with Charles Manson's face with like a commemorative donut. Doesn't he have a swastika card in his forehead? Yeah, but they just caught, did a they, X. They did an X, not a swastika. Um, so they're not keeping it true. No, I guess not. But that it lasted all of like, I want to say three hours before Twitter had their way. And people were just like railing into them, just being like, you guys are dumb. This is terrible. Why are you celebrating this guy? He was a horrible person. Um, and 
Voodoo Donuts response is, we weren't trying to offend. Killers die too. R.I.P. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Rash. Yeah, basically. Killers die too? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. But they're basically saying that, like, oh, it's just because he was a terrible, horrible, disgusting person. Then why celebrate it and commemorate him with a donut? No, they were saying that they that they weren't trying to offend, but they thought it was funny because he it's had passed not away. Funny. Yeah, no, it's exactly. A, it's a, I mean, it's a great day to celebrate. If they just said celebrate the death of, well, I don't know. No, that I think out. they were trying to be like, ha ha, Charles Manson. We're can, so edgy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I ha- I didn't hop on that whole train. I had a bunch of friends that went like, R.I.P. Charles Manson on that bullshit. I never got it. I don't understand no. what's going on with that. He's no. a terrible human being. Terrible human. Fucked up, not his life but other people other lives. people's lives and not just by killing other people but orchestrating murders but by, yeah by brainwashing so i hope he yeah I'm anyway say what I hope um but yeah him. so those are the two articles that popped out at me this week that were pretty funny that i wanted to um talk see, about see now i mean i don't know how i feel about this now 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 when i go down there i might be leaning more towards the blue star donuts <laughs> instead of the voodoo I mean, I don't know. So you don't rep either one, John. You're not choosing a side. I don't choose a side. I just like to find, you know, nice hole in the wall donut shops. What's that one uh, bakery on next across from Taco Time on Rainier? Oh, uh, Boricelli's. I don't know what it is. Whatever. Yeah, they've been there for like 30 years. Yeah. All right, Johnny's gonna give you guys some tips on how to cut your money down on food bills this uh, holiday season, and uh, this pertains to uh, the restaurant industry too. Uh, so some people that uh, maybe are in uh, lower management, upper management, uh, or looking to learn how to actually run a business um, and save some money, uh, listen to Johnny's advice. Hit him, Johnny. All right. So uh, today I was on USA today and um, not tomorrow, not tomorrow today. Today. And I was just just passing through to seeing what they had going on. And a fun article came up talking about um, ways to cut down on your on your home food bill when you're when you're grocery shopping. It's uh, pretty amazing how much money people spend a month on food. So in the article, it states that the average household spends over $600 a month on food. So an average household would probably be a mom, a dad, and two kids. I would say a family of four. Uh, that's that's a decent amount of food. Not if you're polyamorous. <laughs> but that's what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, so that's probably about what an average family is, is a family of four. So they spend $600 a month in food. 44% of that food was spent outside of the home and restaurants or bars. That seems that seems not real to me. But I mean, this that is seems the Bureau of Labor Statistics, so... I mean, who's running this, this, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 44%. That's almost half the amount of money that people are spending in their homes. They're spending outside of their home because people don't want to eat. So what they're saying is their budget of $600, cut that. That's looking about $278 maybe. Yeah. Quick quick math. Quick math for home food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so they, so USA Today came out with some tips to help you try and cut down that budget so you can save what they have here is over $200 a yeah, month. Yeah, and that shit's real. And that's a big portion. You know, that $200 can go towards a car payment or, you know, go towards bills or tabs in Seattle. Mine are $380. 
Um, fuck you, my bro. Um, anyway, so some of the ways that you can cut down on your food costs, um, it's pretty simple actually. So the first one is to plan your meals before you go shopping. And this doesn't mean like go on the internet and try and find recipes and write down all the ingredients and buy those ingredients so you can make those recipes. It means like, Look what you have in your cupboard. Yeah, look at what you have in your cupboard. Look at what you have left over. And look at what the newspaper has for coupons. That's going to be one of the other um, ways to cut down your food costs is couponing. But if you design what you're going to make for dinner through the week by what you can actually afford or what's on sale, then you can actually save a lot more money. Um, So this transitions into the restaurant industry because uh, what happens is you find out what your purveyors are trying to get rid of. Okay, you ask them, it's not so much as special, but it's maybe what they have overstock of. Or what they, or what other restaurants aren't trying to buy. Yeah, or what other people don't want. So if they have an abundance of one thing, whether that be whatever kind of meat, whatever kind of greens, whatever kind of vegetables, um, you can usually negotiate with them and get it for a better price. And then you go ahead and you figure out what you can cook with those uh, deal deal busters, I guess. Oh. Actually, I found another funny thing out because we we ordered from one of our farmers and we ordered a kohlrabi. We ordered fifteen pounds of oh, kohlrabi. I'm kohlrabi. And um, instead of getting fifteen pounds of individual kohlrabi, we got one fifteen pound kohlrabi. <laughs> it was huge. It was bigger than my head, which is pretty large. So that's a large kohlrabi. Damn boy, you got a big ass. <laughs> um, what I found out was that buying the kohlrabi as a one piece. As 15 pounds Not that was two-piece. cheaper than buying 15 pounds of single kohlrabi um, because nobody would buy that kohlrabi. There you go. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. so and, and it's okay to shop around, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, don't, don't go to Whole Foods or uh, PCC. You know, I shop at Safeway a lot and, you know, people could hate on me or whatever. It's the but safest way. It's the safe. Yeah, exactly. But they have deals. And um, that brings me to my next um, way to save money is to go to the store and see what's on sale. Uh, places like Safeway that give you reward points um, towards gas and toward, and off your bill. Uh, sometimes when I, I went shopping the other day at Safeway, spent over $100 and got a free turkey. But my bill was 100 and I want to say... And with, since I bought so many things on sale, my bill came out to 105 um, instead, which is quite a savings plus the free turkey. So basically I spent that much money anyway. Um, So yeah, so go there, see what they have on sale, check the expiration dates on meats because they might be going bad in the next couple of days, but that's fine because you can either freeze it or you can cook it that day. Um, All day, every day, manager specials in the meat department. Yeah. Take that home and freeze it. Exactly. All day. Yeah, and you get like prime cuts too. You'll be like, oh, I just got a sirloin steak for, you know, $3 a pound. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is, is they say, you know, like what I said earlier, it's it's use what you have at home. Exactly. So my tips that I usually recommend to people is that at my house, I usually have the basics. I have all my spices. I have my pasta, my rice. Um, all I have to go there really for is the produce and the meat. Mm-hmm. And usually I can find stuff on sale. Yeah, you can buy like a bag of onions, you know, on sale. Super cheap. Instead of buying the organic solos. But, um, yeah, and like, 
Another thing you can do is when you're dining out, because people love to dine out, sometimes it's really hard to get home from work or you've had a long day at home and you've been busy all day and you want to get some food on the table because you and your partner and your family are starving, but you just don't have the time, then it's totally acceptable to go out and get dinner, but you need to plan a little bit ahead. So instead of- Plan a little bit ahead? Little bit ahead. So instead of going out to dinner and getting three entrees and a couple appetizers, try going to dinner during happy hour um, or having a late lunch and getting a lunch special while you're out. And you'll save a lot of money that way because you can go to like a teriyaki shop and get a $5 lunch bowl, um, which are pretty heavy. And if you eat it closer to three, you know, you're probably gonna be held over until you get home and then you may have enough time to make yourself a little salad or um, just a little snack to eat at the end of the day and you know get your carbs up and stuff like that well it's just it's just crazy uh, it's just crazy to see how many restaurants are popping up in the rise of like the celebrity chef and how often people actually do eat out mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a big expenditure for a yeah. family uh, it used to be reserved for just special occasions or um, celebrations or a date or something like that. But now it seems, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I eat out all the time. Yeah, there are establishments. People uh, go there every day. Yeah. Get some food. The thing about it is, is that the one, the first tip they came up with is about meal planning, mm-hmm. right? And if you plan your meals out in advance, it saves you a, ton, a lot of time on thinking about, which is really helpful in the kitchen, with, with which helps us yeah. out too. A lot of times people plan out specials. Um, and so if you think ahead of time, you already have, you've already mastered the first step of your planning and that's knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. Now you just have to execute it. So if you know what you're already having for dinner, you don't have to go home, talk to your partner, talk to your, you know, your children or anything. They already know what's going on. So you're ahead of the games. You can stop on your way home. You can go and maybe you can pick up something for the next night. Yeah. And that's the thing that brings me back. It actually has me thinking is like, you know, back in the day, like everyone's like, what's American food? And they're like, oh, it's casseroles. It's like, why do you think people make casseroles all the time? It's because you can set that in the oven and go about your business, have dinner cooked in the oven, pull it out, serve your family, throw the rest of the stuff in the refrigerator and the Tupperware or something like that. And then you have leftovers for the next week. And I don't know if you guys are like my family when I was growing up, but every Thursday or Friday night was leftover night, night, you know, and you, you had a smorgasbord of everything you had all week and it was fun and nice because, you know, nobody had to think and nobody had to wait, especially on a Friday when everyone's just like super tired and hungry from the week and they just want to go and relax and watch TV. It's just like, oh, we're just going to have leftovers and just like throw that stuff in the oven. Do you want to hear my special I did at work this week? Uh, sure, why not? So I did a leftover. I called it. I called it Graham Graham's uh, <laughs> turkey dinner leftover sandwich. Mm-hmm. So I did a puree of uh, green bean casserole. Okay. I did Awkward. turkey gravy, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I did the herb crusted roasted chicken. I did um, a mix of roasted potatoes and stuffing. Okay. And then I covered it with a jalapeno cranberry cream cheese sauce. Huh. It's not Sounds bad. Good. It was super bland <laughs> until you put until you put the, the that cranberry sauce on. Okay. There. Shout out to my little Sue. You got to uh, season your your meats a little bit more. No, I mean it tasted fine. It's the turkey that I served there. You oh, know? Okay. It's it tastes fine. It's just all that stuff just doesn't. It's nothing really pops out at you. Yeah. It's good. Tastes good. It's fine. But it's that leftover sandwich, $7. Come come right. on, your boy. Well, and last but not least, uh, the best way to save money um, when you're at home and eating out 
is to not order from all of these food delivery services. Yeah, I'm like not. if you really, really want to save money, you shouldn't order from Uber Eats or Bite Squad because not. Let's say you buy something for sixteen dollars, you're gonna end up spending thirty dollars because you have Trust. to pay a delivery fee, a tax on that delivery fee, um, you know, an ordering fee, and all these other fees just to get food delivered because you're lazy. I'm about that life though. I ain't got no family. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I've done it multiple times too. But then like every time you do it, you're like, oh well, I'm glad I did that. Um, but but then two days later, you're like, oh, oh man, I really fuck. wish I had that $15, yeah, right? you know? <laughs> Dude, Ezel's and Lil Woody's be killing Right? I actually ordered from Lucky Liquor, and they're usually pretty good. It was on a Friday night, though, and I ordered a burger, and when I got the burger, number one, it didn't come with fries. I had to order a side of fries. I'm like, oh, it wasn't a burger combo? Okay, that's strike one. Um, strike two, the burger was, like, pressed flat, like something was on top of it. And number three, um, the bacon on it was so crispy that, like, it turned to ash when I put it in my mouth. <laughs> And you Uber Eats that shit? Yeah, and I Uber and I got it Uber Eats. So I, then I had to spend thirty dollars on a burger that was trash, and so expensive. Yeah, burger. and then I was I regretted it the whole time. I think I ended up making a tuna fish sandwich right afterwards. <laughs> I, I just didn't have anything. But like those are my tips and tricks to just save money while you're at home or in the restaurant or doing whatever on your work days, your work weeks. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why we wanted to teach you guys some tricks about saving some money at home is, and it translates into the restaurant industry, is that uh, we know a certain somebody that is, you know, obviously not pricing out their menu correctly at work, and uh, they're losing a lot of money that they could be um, maybe saving for their family. Yeah. And uh, what's their last name? So what's, the, what's the family's name? Um, we are talking about Mr. and Mrs. Belcher. Mr. and Mrs. Belcher. That's right. The Belcher family for Bob's Burgers. Okay. So, a guy at a, at a, a ranker dot com, he actually took the time out to figure out exactly how much Bob's Burgers actually makes, and he actually says the results are terrifying. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't let that out ahead of time. I don't think it's so bad, but then again, I'm a single man. I'm not raising uh, three children, and I don't have a wife. But um, basically, what he did is he took um, he watched the show. They have their entire menu listed on the wall every day. Mm -hmm. They have new menus out, which somebody just put out a book of all their specials that they usually have. And from what the guy notices that Bob doesn't have very many customers. Um, he has uh, doesn't very have very many space. So uh, he estimates that Bob, at one time, Bob's Burgers can fit about 26 customers. There's gonna be four booths in there, no more than four people. There's 10 stools at the bar. Um, and then he had to determine kind of um, how many numbers of customers um, he had each month. So he kind of added up um, the regulars that he has, which accounts for about four people come in there every day, some friends and family and stuff, and they eat. You gotta be imagining those guys make a discount. So he's thinking, Bob probably has about 28 days of so-so eh, business. Um, he said you're looking at about 14 randos to come in, and then you got those three or four regulars you can always depend on every day to come in there. So you're looking at about 16 to 17 diners a day. Uh, but they gave him they gave him three miracle days uh, to give Bob a boost. Uh, his kids 
You, you watch the show a lot. Yeah, so there's a there's several days in the in the seasons that you notice that Bob's Burgers are packed, popping. Um, one is one of the most uh, prevalent ones that people know remember are, is the very first episode where he gets in trouble for potentially serving human meat, um, <laughs> and he puts a sign on his door, and there is a group of people that want to try the human meat, but they want to do it on the sly. Um, he ends up serving, I want to say, up towards the twenty people that day. Um, there's another one where he um, has a cow out in front of him because out in front of his restaurant because there is a local um, documentarian that um, is trying to slander his restaurant by putting a wig on a cow and telling people that cows are people or you know they have souls mm-hmm. and you can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But you know stuff like that or the episode where he uh, has a, a dinner theater and someone comes in and robs the restaurant during the dinner theater. <laughs> yeah, so so he you know they they were pretty you know his kids are always coming with schemes and plans to get these customers so they they kind of think that um on those days those miracle days where something you know happens um they're saying maybe that happens two or three times a month um he probably gets about 40 people on those days so they're saying about on average they averaged it out to uh, about 568 customers a month which is pretty low. That's really low. But you're not thinking about overhead mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's a pretty small space. It's family ran. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then they're trying to figure out what people are eating. And so they've broken out kind of into three categories. They got the combo, which is nine fifty. They got a beer and a burger, which is ten bucks. Uh, and then they got the light eaters. They got maybe a salad, some fries, and a water, which is about uh, four fifty. So they add that all up, and they. Added it up to fifty one hundred forty six dollars uh, for an annual revenue for Bob's Burgers. No, for a monthly revenue. I mean, on an annual, yeah, for a monthly uh, monthly total of fifty one hundred forty six dollars. So, um, which isn't bad. And then they figured in the tips. They're gonna go ahead and give them fifteen percent, which is kind of the standard texting. Uh, texting. Keys over here texting. There he goes. Um, so they were going to 15% tip. Um, I would give them a 20 cause that's just what we do in Seattle. And so they added, added that up and it comes to about 70,000, $71,000, um, a year. And then they talk about his overhead, which is pretty high. Um, it's crazy. They say Bob earns about $45,000 a year and, uh, they minus his, his rent. He has to pay his rent. Uh, and they came up that Bob's Burgers family definitely deserves to be on food stamps, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah, I mean, but that that's that's right. There's a small local business, but you also got family it. owned, family operated, and people are going down the street and they're going to eat their burger at a Tom Douglas restaurant. No, they're going to Jimmy Pesto's. <laughs> Jimmy. But the thing is also that you have to realize that he does live on top of his building, so his rent is included with his. More with his mortgage, I guess you could say. Yeah, but even with his his rent, because they live up there, they're gonna say that uh, Bob's only paying twenty thousand dollars of rent a year, and then what they believe is that they believe that he only has about. They tried to add. They don't even know where's Bob's Burgers at. Um, it's on the East Coast. I want to say it's in Maryland. They but they think they're guessing it's in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on one of the, it's going to be on the coast for sure because they live next to a wharf. So, well, they figure that, um, their gross monthly income is about 
$3,669, and that's $1,000 below the maximum allowed for a family of five to receive food stamps. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Interesting. Grow how long it's my um, pulling out to rest, eight minutes. Pulling out to rest, eight minutes. I just, uh, this is, makes me, this makes me sad. I don't know why. It's a cartoon. But I like Bob's family so much. I know, but they seem to be doing Something's fine. wrong with them kids, though, too. I love the kids. That's, <laughs> that's part of the show. Uh, all right. Uh, so we want to end the show real quick. I don't know if we, if we want to, do we want to talk about this real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I really, we were going to talk about kind of the rise of the, um, the restaurant group. But we can talk about that next week because we have a special guest that's part of a restaurant group. So Yeah, I mean, we're I know that me and Johnny were kind of hectic and we weren't really showing up a lot for the show. And it's because, you know, I had an injury and Johnny had a baby. And then Keith was just being Keith, you know. He was just out there. He was just, you know, eating risotto and taking poops and all that good stuff. But generally. Yeah, we're back on it, and we've been uh, missing out on inviting a lot of people to the studio. So, should we run down the list real quick? So we already, no, we don't have booked yet, do we? Uh, we have a couple of people that have committed but not booked in specific. Uh, Miles Chef will be in. Uh, we've got a writer from the Seattle Times that has expressed interest in showing up. And uh, you have a buddy of yours that's going to come talk about stuff. I got a couple of different people. Thomas Kempler uh, works for Ethan Stoll Restaurants. I think, what is his t- title? I think marketing director or something like that. We're going to be trying out the Impossible Burger, which is served at Brave Horse Tavern. Uh, it is the meatless burger that bleeds. Uh, I know we covered that almost over a year ago. And so it's finally being served here in Seattle, kind of right down the street from our studio. So we're going to be trying that out live on air. He's also a fan of the show, so it's Double. He works in the industry and he listens to the show. Uh, we also have Andy Jesenik. Is that how we say her name? I really don't. Janowski. I don't know how to say her. Uh, we got a friend that's going to be opening up a food truck here pretty soon. Uh, love her to death. She's amazing. We're going to have her but up here. Not in the enough studio. to learn her name. No, I just can't remember her last name. Well, Andy, she looks like a hobbit. A little gnome. Uh, we also have Chef Alex Wilson coming from Oddfellows. He's going to be on the show. So we got two months of, uh, of guests pretty much lined up. Nice. Oh, and we got a super solid front of the house guy coming in in a couple weeks as well. Luciano? Luciano. Oh, I know Luci. Luci Luci. He's part of the Gucci gang, right? No. No. Um, yeah, and so we'll just go ahead and end the show this week. Uh, we're going to do our ingredient of the week, which Johnny has chosen for us. And what have you chosen, Johnny? I chose turnips. Turnip, also known as a radish. Uh, well, what kind? Depends what you're using. Yeah. Daikon? What are we using? Uh, turnips. Turnip, turnip. So we got gold ball turnips, you got purple turnips, you got white turnips, you got whatever you want. Okay. okay. Turnip. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to use gold ball turnips. Um, if you've never come across a gold ball turnip, it is the yellow turnip. Um, they are yellow on the inside and on the outside. And they are super tasty, delicious, sweet, a uh, little bit of savory on the back note. Um, very creamy when you puree them, which is why I decided to make a vichyssoise, also known as just a cold soup. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to grab some leeks, some turnips. You're also gonna grab a little bit of garlic. You're gonna get some fresh ground pepper. 
a little bit of white wine and um, about uh, two-thirds of waxy potatoes. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so you're basically going to go um, one part turnip to two parts to potatoes just to give it a nice, good consistency. Um, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna peel your turnips and your potatoes, and then you're gonna cut them into a large dice. You're gonna take your leek and split it down the middle and clean it, cause it gets a little dirty at the bottom. Um, then you're gonna dry it and kind of slice it on half moons. Uh, does not really matter what size, but the smaller, the better, cause you kind of want them to melt into the soup. Um, you're gonna, so you're gonna melt a butter, some butter into a casserole pan, and you're gonna put that over medium heat. When the butter starts to turn golden, you're gonna add olive oil. So you have two little different fats in there, one to break, um, to bring that smoke point up and one to add flavor. Um, you're gonna add in your leeks. You're gonna season that with salt and pepper and saute the leeks until they're soft. Then you'll add your white wine, um, some chicken broth as well. And then you'll add in your diced tomatoes or potatoes and your turnips and you'll season that with salt and pepper and bring that to a boil. Uh, cover and reduce or simmer for about an hour until the vegetables are nice and soft. You wanna be able to um, smash right through them real easily. They should be pretty- Smash right through them? Yeah, mushy. Um, but not too mushy, you don't wanna cook all the starch out. Anyway, so you're gonna check for seasoning after that and then you can do one of two things. You can use an immersion blender or a stick blender as people like to say, it's the one that you hold in your hand and you just go burp, 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 burp and it's kind of like a little blender gun or you can use an actual blender. Um, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna um, pour in your vegetables and save a little bit of that liquid mixture out and blend that vegetable mixture up in the blender while adding some of your liquid mixture in for seasoning and for texture. Um, then you'll finish that mixture with a little bit of fresh olive oil and that's gonna bind it back together real tight and make it nice and creamy and smooth. Um, just remember that when you take your um, soup out of the blender and put it into whatever container you're gonna hold it in, that you wanna cool it down until it's nice and cold, until it's at least 40, 47 degrees or below. And you're gonna wanna test it for seasoning again because cold items, cold soups or cold liquids take more salt than hot soups and hot liquids. Um, I'm gonna have to bring that science to you next week just so you guys know, but I'm not entirely sure why that is off top. I believe it's because a cold soup is more constricted. Okay. Right? And so you're gonna have you're gonna have less liquid when you have a cold soup than when you have a hot soup. Oh, so there's less space. To so there's less space to displace with salt. Got you. I think. Don't quote me. Don't quote us. I'm saying we're not scientists. We're not Alton Brown. I'm Belltown's Neil deGrasse Tyson. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, check it for seasoning. What I would do is at the end is season it with a little uh, sherry vinegar and a little bit of fresh um, paprika or cayenne to give it a little bit of spice and oomph. And then you can garnish with like some fresh seeds or anything that you have lying around. Maybe even a, a little like black, black sesame. Ooh, black sesame sesame. Ooh, delicious. Ooh. Anyway, so that's my recipe for uh, turnip soup. Wow, that was a big one. Mm -hmm. All right, mine is uh, just as interesting, but uh, a little bit easier. Uh, so I'm going to be using a white turnip, okay? And what you're going to do is uh, you're going to want to clean those and scrub those pretty well. And uh, maybe depending on the size of them, um, you're going to want about 
two cups. So depending on how big they are, you probably want to like six of them, six or seven of them. Um, you're going to want to grate those pretty fine. Uh, depending on how big the grate is, is depending on whether or not you need, how long you actually need to blanch them. I'm going to blanch mine. So I'll just give you the ingredient list you're going to need real quick. So you're going to need about two to two and a half cups of grated uh, turnips. Uh, white turnips. You're going to need about two teaspoons of salt, two cloves of garlic. Uh, let's do a half of a red onion. Uh, let's do an egg. One egg. You need to beat that shit. Uh, <laughs> a half a cup of breadcrumbs. I would make mine at home, but if you don't want to, you can buy them. Um, Italian breadcrumbs are fine. You're going to need about a tablespoon of black pepper, a teaspoon of paprika, and a uh, half a tablespoon of sriracha. Mm -hmm. And then you need some vegetable oil to fry these bad boys up. So what you're going to do is you're going to grate up the, uh, the turnips and you're going to soak them in water, a lot, a lot of salt, a lot, a lot of salt. You want to draw out all, draw out all the moisture out of those turnips and you want to refrigerate it for about an hour and you want to pull those out and you want to drain them really, really, really well. They're going to be soft after that because they're grated and all the moisture is going to be pulled out by the salt. You can rinse them off and then, um, drain them again. I would squeeze them through like a cheesecloth or press them through a sieve. Uh, that's just me. And then what you want to do is you want to mince up your garlic. You want to dice up your onion super fine. And you want to toss that with the egg, the breadcrumbs, the pepper, the paprika, and the sriracha sauce. And you want to form them into little patties, kind of real thin patties. And then you want to... Uh, Heat your oil up in a wok and uh, get it nice, nice hot. Right before it starts to smoke, you want to place those, uh, you want to turn it down to medium, I guess, uh, medium high maybe. And then you want to fry those patties in the oil until they're nice and crispy golden brown on both sides. It's going to take three to four minutes on each side. Pull those out, drain them, and shit, man, you can put some miso broth over those things you can serve them with some like japanese mayo uh maybe some fish delicious i don't know man i've done this i haven't done this in a long long time but i have made turnip patties before and uh they're delicious keith you want to close this out uh quick turnip mash just get yourself about a pound of uh, clean turnips uh skin them blanch the shit out of them until they're nice and soft uh, pound of uh, potatoes, same thing. Skin them, uh, cook them till they're soft. Throw them in a bowl, stick blender. Throw in a pound of butter, ginger, red chili pepper flakes, dash of allspice, salt, pepper to taste. Lit. It's tasty. No juice, no citrus juice. Yeah, you can if you want. I like mine a little like more hearty. Uh, uh, hearty. Sounds good. It's tasty. Good job, Keith. Good job, Johnny. Thanks. It's going to bring us to the end of episode 87 of Grow How Long Steak, Mister. It's out. Damn. I didn't even see it. I didn't get to check the plating. Oh, it's you, gorgeous. It's terrible, dude. That fan? You just ran it. Sliced meat fan? <laughs> Delicious. I'd like to thank Studio 212 for allowing us to record in the studio. I'd like to thank the super producer, Keith Boogie. Uh, I want to thank. Um, yeah, thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Uh, where can they reach us at? They can reach us at uh, Facebook. Grow How Long Steak Mister. Um, Twitter. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. At Grow How Long Steak Mister. What's that Twitter? At How Long Steak Mister. Who we got a shout out on Twitter? 
At some Garten. Oh, uh, Justin Garten. <laughs> Justin Hit him good. up. Say congratulations on his baby, Olivia Garten. Um, also, give a quick shout out for my restaurant, June Baby. Uh, we are in Seattle Eaters Polls for Best New Restaurant of 2017. We're up there with a couple places that I enjoy but would still like to beat. Uh, mean Sandwich and Flint Creek Cattle Co. Um, Marmite is also on there, but we will smash them because they got like 6%. Um, we're leading the polls right now, but uh, please vote. give us, yeah, vote. Give us a visit at the restaurant so you can actually know what you're voting for. Um, and give us some give us some good press, you know, so we can get that business. Good shit. Yeah, man, come in there. Tell them, like, oh, I'm such a fan of Johnny. Johnny Tsunami. It's me. The big ass high top, <laughs> flat top, flat top felon. <laughs> um, yeah, email us. You guys got any questions? I've been in contact with a couple of our fans on uh, through our email address. It's going to be growhowlongstakemister at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Bobby Stills. Uh, you can visit Johnny at Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Keith, you want to give out one of yours? Uh, no. Yo, if you find Keith, man, he will argue with you about anything. Okay, if you have an opinion about something and he disagrees with it, he will probably smash you. Uh, even if you're right, he will argue better than you. He's good at that. I, I like that about him. And I love following him online because what are you watching over Johnny porn? <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's going to do it for uh, this episode. Uh, see you guys next week. I can't wait for uh, uh, the tasty burgers. Mm. Meatless. Meatless. <laughs> Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.